Despite promises of unity, President Joe Biden's mask has come off and has exposed the most left-wing government ideology in history. We'll discuss it next on Concerned Women Today. From the nation's capital, this is Concerned Women Today with Penny Young Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy organization for women in the nation. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Hi, I'm Penny Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America. And joining me today on Concerned Women Today is Doreen Denny, our Vice President of Governmental Affairs. Doreen, welcome to Concerned Women Today. This is uh, not the most joyful one we've ever done, I might say. We have a whole list of policies that have been unleashed by the Biden administration that are as bad as we feared and in some cases worse. Here we are, we've just gone past the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, and of course, the left can't wait to stick it, <laughs> stick us in the eye with abortion policies. Mexico City policy is being repealed to the tune of $100 million that will be used for abortion in countries abroad. Tell us about that. Well, Penny, thank you for having me on today. And and yes, we've turned the corner on a new year, a new administration, and we do look ahead with um, a lot of trepidation. I mean, I think that you spoke well when you said that women are grieving right now with the change in tone and direction of our policies. And we saw that so acutely just as we were preparing to remember the 48th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, the decision, and of course, participate in whatever way possible in the March for Life this year. It's been different. And yes, it's just surprising to me that Joe Biden has not recognized that the American people are not abortion extremists. Right. In fact, we just saw numbers come out just this recently, right? It's the Knights of Columbus Marist poll that reminded us once again that the American people are not in lockstep with the Biden administration. In fact, on funding issues, two-thirds of the American people are more 75% of American people are opposed to funding of abortion with our tax dollars, whether it's abroad or whether it's domestically. Right. And certainly the abroad numbers have been even the strongest. And so with the repeal of the Mexico City policy, what we're doing is we're basically allowing now for our foreign assistance to go to countries for, for their purposes that through these non-governmental organizations that they could use funding for the promotion or the service of abortion. And that's not what people want. They don't want to know that the money that is taken out of their paycheck to the federal government as hardworking Americans are going to go toward supporting and actually having abortions performed, the taking of human life. And in addition to that, you know, we, we see that he's just been extreme on the idea that not only are we going to try to do what he can with federal assistance through executive order, but also push the Congress to repeal the Hyde Amendment, which is the thing that's protected our spending every year from going toward abortion. Right. So I want to come back to that. But first, I thought that the left was against imperialism and paternalism against these Sirwell countries. But the reality is they want to use abortioners as a cudgel to hold over the head of poor nations in order to manipulate them into mimicking our radical policies on abortion. How does that work? How do they explain that? I don't know exactly how they explain it or how they're going to explain it, but you know, they really honestly believe that abortion is a central part of women's health care. 
And, you know, we don't believe that. Abortion is not health care. Right. And it shouldn't be used as the thing that incentivizes women to make a choice to have to end the life of a child. Mm-hmm. And so we do this through the United Nations. In fact, the ambassador nominee was recently on the stand for that through the U.S. Agency for International Development. And Samantha Powers, who is tapped for that position, has a history of really pushing the idea that women's empowerment includes abortion. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be doing this through so many different avenues, whether it's through programs that the Congress passes, whether it's through their relationships through the United Nations with other countries, through who they choose through their grants and contracts to be able to provide foreign assistance programs. And we know that as it happened under Obama, faith-based organizations are going to be sidelined again because they're not going to be willing to have abortion as part of the equation in women's health care. You know, the Trump administration, certainly imperfect, but worked so hard to make sure they actually did care for poor women, that our dollars that we were expending for health care were really for health care, not ending life, but saving life and empowering women. Ivanka Trump had fantastic policies in which she was encouraging women-owned businesses and education of women and really took such a strong stand internationally on behalf of women really caring for women. I feel like not only is it evil and wrong, but frankly, it's lazy that telling a woman to end the life of her child, it's somehow that it's going to make her better because we know that, and we've learned this, you know, a hundred years ago in the suffrage movement, no one's rights are built on the broken rights of others, right? The rights of the unborn cannot and should never be in conflict with the mother. And that is what they always do. Well, and what we're going to see then is the same philosophy or the, you know, the approach they're going to use internationally. They also want to do domestically right right here within our own borders. And that's when you get into this question of the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Mm -hmm. Amendment has protected American taxpayers for four decades from having to pay for abortions, except in very rare cases, Mm -hmm. and and not allowing for federal tax dollars to go toward that. And there is a movement afoot. It's, It's very vocal and it's very aggressive to repeal protections like the Hyde Amendment and other things in appropriations or the spending bills, which we call policy riders, or riders that would prevent and restrict the funds from being used for particular purposes. They want all of that to be out. In fact, they've suggested that they're not going to advance anything if those measures are still there. And so there's going to be a showdown and and it's going to be a fight. And, And frankly, I think that the good news is that we have a pretty strong unified Republican Party that's standing up, but they're in the minority. And we're going to have to convince others. And hopefully it will be this kind of polling, the Marist poll that came out recently that shows that Americans are not extremists. Thank God for those pro-life women that were elected in the House of Representatives. We're about five seats away from being able to flip the vote on that. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to, you and I are going to be working very hard with our state directors funding a few of those pro-life Democrats where maybe they're not quite there, but they're certainly not in line with the Biden administration and working to fight off this hide. But, you know, for all the Christians, all the pastors and religious leaders like John Piper that said that it doesn't matter who you vote for, like this is a surprise for them, right? Because Joe Biden didn't say any of this ahead of time, right? He didn't tell anybody. It's (laughs) a complete (laughs) shock, right? Uh, No, it was pretty well laid out. In fact, what we shouldn't be surprised by is that the the plan that was laid out on JoeBiden.com is the plan that they're now just, you know, 
moving forward sure. on with with a lot of speed. And I've always thought about it. We thought that President Obama was aggressive in some of this. This is like on steroids yes, right now. Is. I mean, they're just leapfrogging over the Trump administration years and just pushing out from there to try to achieve these objectives. And the codification of Roe, like all of that was very well articulated in the Biden-Harris campaign. It is one of the many reasons why we stood very firm on the issue of life and spoke very clearly on why it was important to vote your values, vote on life. And I could go through, we're going to talk about some other policies in a minute. But as the church, if you believe the Bible, we have Psalm 1 and 39 and many other verses to point to within Scripture in which we recognize that God knit us together in a mother's womb that we must dignify life, we must dignify women, (laughs) that we must stand for the least of these. So what would you say to, you know, women in the church, particularly that maybe didn't vote in the last election, and maybe they just were really turned off by Donald Trump. And I have some of those friends, I recognize some of the reasons for that. But you know, they've stayed home. And now they're like, Oh, my goodness, what just happened? What is their outlet in order to actually make this right? Well, I think they have to let their elected officials know how they feel. And really, every voice counts in this, both to Congress, whether it's your congressmen, your senators. But the Biden administration needs to hear as well. And this is going to be something that I think we all just take as an assignment in these coming years. You know, I was a young 20-something lobbyist when Henry Hyde was still alive. He was a congressman from Illinois, a Catholic member who in 1976, of course, this was way before my time, but he was already legendary, you know, by the 90s when I met him in the late 90s. And he recognized that when you fund something with government tax dollars, you incentivize it and you grow it. Mm -hmm. And that principle is true and clear, and it's true and clear when it comes to abortion. And because in 1976, Henry Hyde said, wait a minute, There is a number of people in our country that strongly don't believe that their money should pay for abortion. In fact, it's immoral to them and of all different races and ethnicities and ages. And so let's pass a law that says that no taxpayer funds should pay for abortion. And we know now that 2 million babies were saved because of the Hyde Amendment. Let's not mess with success. Let's stand firm on the side of life. And to your point, every single person that can hear my voice, come to our website, come to concernwomen.org. We'll show you how to get in touch with your member of Congress. We have a landing page that will educate you, but you've got to stand firm and protect the Hyde Amendment. Ask your member of Congress to support the Hyde Amendment. And if somebody answering the phone doesn't know what you're talking about, they're faking. They know what it is. Don't let them back you down and suggest they can go to our website and learn more if they don't know. (laughs) But I know that happens sometimes. All right, so we're going to take a break now. In a minute, we'll be back talking about what this new vision for America that the Biden administration is trying to perpetrate against us and give you the tools you need to fight for life. Hey ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. 
Welcome back to Concerned Women Today. I am Penny Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America. And I'm joined today by Doreen Denny, our Vice President of Governmental Affairs. And we're talking about the false notion of unity that was so beautifully laid out by President Biden in his inaugural address that even watching it, we knew was fake. And it took him about 10 minutes to prove us right about that. Boy, I wish I'd been wrong. I really do. I really wish that this Biden was the, you know, 1990s version of good old Uncle Joe, who was just kind of a a good guy from Delaware and whose sister worked at a crisis pregnancy center, was involved with one and, you know, really liked to talk the talk and voted for the Hyde Amendment, by the way. This new souped up radical pro-abortion version is just so heartbreaking. And not surprising. We knew it was going to happen. In fact, he didn't lie. He said what he was going to do, and he's actually lived up to it. So as horrible as that is, we're talking about the policies earlier. We were talking about Mexico City policy being undone, which has to do with abortions abroad. Their assault, the Democratic Party, the Senate, in the Senate and the House, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and President Biden and Kamala Harris are going after the Hyde Amendment, which protects lives, has saved 2 million babies since its inception in 1976. They want to codify Roe v. Wade. We're going to fight them every step of the way. But it's not just about the policies, is it, Doreen? It's also about the personnel. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Personnel is policy in it a lot is. of, and and whenever you bring in a new president, you also bring in behind him an entire administration. And while I think that a lot of the people that are being tapped for key positions are folks that are known, they've been around the tracks before, many of them have a lot of experience. Many of them do have significant agendas behind their tenures, either from where they're coming from or, or what they intend to do. And I think one of the most egregious of these is the Secretary for Health and Human Services, Javier Becerra, who is the current Attorney General of the state of California. And in just his own tenure there, first of all, it's rather surprising to have someone that is in a role of, you know, prosecuting in mm-hmm. a state to now become the chief person to drive our health and human services programs at the federal government is a rather surprising choice, number one. But number two, the more concerning thing is that his agenda as attorney general has been to have a full-out assault on policies that would protect life. And the most egregious of these, of course, he sued the Little Sisters of the Poor, tried to keep that lawsuit going, which mm-hmm. is really a, a question of conscience rights and the ability to not be forced to comply with abortion mandates. Right. As, as a nun who takes a vow of chastity and poverty, right. forcing them to pay for other people's abortions, abortions or contracept- contraception and yeah, the right. things that, but you know, things that are did. against their, their conscience. Sure. But also he sued other states that were passing laws. I mean, the citizens of states that thought that they had to have restrictions or they should be having restrictions on abortion, which many of which we've supported across the country. He was suing those states as if he had a reason to do that just because he felt that it was a violation of Roe v. Wade. So we have a person coming in that is just going to be, uh, he hasn't passed the Senate yet, and we're hoping we're going to do everything possible to oppose him because he's not the person we need at this time. Well, and let's not forget the NIFLA case. Of course, we were all out at CWA in front of the Supreme Court in a rally 
in favor of the pro-life care centers under the NIFLA case. Explain to our listeners what he tried to do to them, why there was a, a Supreme Court case with his name on it. Right, Penny, that was the one where he was trying to force crisis pregnancy centers to promote abortions in their clinics. Every woman should have the information around abortion, and that was his, his position, even though that crisis pregnancy centers, their whole purpose for being is to preserve and protect life. Right, and po- privately funded little centers staffed by Concerned Women for America members, by the way, (laughs) who are volunteers working to save life. He wanted to use the heavy hand of government to force them to advertise for abortions. Thankfully, the Supreme Court, this is even before Amy Coney Barrett and and Justice Kavanaugh, uh, we won in that case five to four. And now I think we'd win even more boldly. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if we had Gorsuch at that point yet anyway. But uh, but it was, you know, a really important religious freedom, First Amendment rights case. And Javier Becerra was on the other side of it. And this is the guy that Joe Biden wants to be the head of Health and Human Services. And so this is just an example that, that he's, he's tapping activists Right. In, in for some of these roles and ones that we think are some of the key roles in our country. Um, and so, so that's concerning. Um, and I think that we're going to have to look forward to uh, a lot of um, antagonism yes. and, Prosecu- and, and persecution. Yeah, yes. and, and persecution. And perhaps in prosecution. Area. I mean, let's just remember David Delidian, right? Well, and he was, of course, that was another case that uh, Javier Becerra went, went after David Delidian in the state of California uh, on this, on the uh, fetal tissue uh, sale of baby body parts, aborted babies for, um, for, for profit. Yeah, he should have had um, a Pulitzer for actually, you know, investigative reporting. Instead, he was persecuted. Persecuted and continues to be persecuted. Absolutely. So this is so this is a, a big deal. I mean, the personnel that are going to be in place are ones that who he has at the Office of Management Budget will will drive a lot. Susan Rice, he's top tapped to be his domestic policy chief, even though she's really out of the foreign policy world, and and that just tells you that she's mm-hmm. probably going to run the whole show. People are very nervous about that. Uh, but you know, we'll give them some time. We'll we'll see what they do. Uh, but but also, I I think that from the first days in office, Joe Biden has set the course for his administration administration on many places and many issues that we're very concerned about and well, addition, can you talk about the bathroom mandates, yeah. right? Well, like it took just, him like five minutes on right. that. So, well. so this is a policy again where he is looking to uh, redefine sex to to be gender identity, which is not based on biological reality or fact, but on somebody's perception of themselves, and to drive this through um, Title IX, through the sex any to sex non discrimination laws, uh, as being the basis for policies that um, that school that schools and programs and and government agencies and others will have to follow. And and so Penny essentially this is exactly what we've been trying to fight when we we you know these are situations already in America where where females are being displaced that our dignity is being compromised um, because we're allowing for any biological male to claim our status and we're seeing and now he's he's going to go full board into um, likely just in, in purpose, repealing what Title IX is meant for women's rights. And we're seeing, of course, this happening in the area of athletics. It's so, it's so heartbreaking. It is the end of women's sports. I mean, really, if this is allowed, of course, I feel like I believe there'll be lawsuits going forward on many of these, um, particularly that one, because, you know, you already have the Selena Soul case in Connecticut 
Um, and there are others that are, you know, and we have been very active in mm-hmm. fighting for the civil rights of women athletes at right. the Department of Education, even under the Trump administration, because we strongly support the fact that Title IX was done because women needed the ability. It's important for us academic, ed, academically, for leadership skills, for physical fitness, for for um, college scholarships, for any number of reasons, development-wise, for young women to be able to compete. We're supposed to be able to compete equally, and we can only do that if we're competing against each other biologically. Men are are more predisposed to, to beat us. We can't win, and so that's why you have these young female athletes that are filing suit because it's wrong. Right, and so we're just, you know, I mean, the the, the unfortunate thing is for the gains that we did make under the Trump administration, which we really did um, get some cooperation from them. We pushed them hard. Um, We got, we got some decisions and, uh, but you know, this is all being uh, reversed and undone. And in fact, now, you know, even the state at the state level that many states are picking up the mantle to pass uh, women's protect women's sports bills. And, um, and the activists will come out and say, well, Joe Biden's going to pull all your federal funding now because this is his policy. And so, you know, we're getting, we're going to really get tossed around on this and it is going to have to require that women stand up you know the real feminists have got to stand up for what it means to be a woman now mm-hmm. and 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 this is a this is a new day in a new age and i think that we're going to be we're pushed into a place where hopefully that that cool minds and common sense is going to prevail here but right now we're feeling we're feeling beaten up a little bit on these with these new executive orders and we have to just um, have the courage to stand up for what's true that is so well said. And it, it has implications, certainly not just for sports teams, because I don't understand not everybody wants to play sports. But if you really care about women who are suffering, women that are in domestic violence shelters, women that are in prison, juveniles that are in prison, women who work in women's prisons, I've heard that argument. There was like, gosh, you know, I've got these big men coming in here. I They're twice my size. I'm supposed to be in charge of that, you know. And and so it's just got all sorts of implications for the dignity of women. Um, and, you know, as we talk about, you know, school, bathrooms, locker rooms, any number of things, we need to leave it to the individual school systems to sort out instead of an over heavy handed federalized system in which schools um, are held down in which uh which women are discriminated against in which you have like real suffering and implications for women and children exactly i think the cost uh, of what his policies are going to rake is is only just you know we're we're sort of thinking through this now we're going to see it in reality mm-hmm. uh which is really which is really devastating and you know i mean it's it's interesting that even in other areas like that he's willing to abandon uh restraint in other areas restraint at the border you know border mm-hmm. security uh the certainty that we have we don't have just kind of an illegal um entry into our country that we still have to secure our borders wanting to reverse all of that you know even the the requirements what they call paygo which means that if you're going to do things that cost more money you have to have a way to pay for it right oh we don't need that we anymore he, he just stripped the paygo no. responsibilities no. of the federal no. government away so that we don't have to have mm-hmm. spending restraint anymore right. i mean these are the kinds of things where we're going to be um that we're really going to see the cost i well, mean actually actual cost, cost as a as a, a woman if his family 
came from rural America. I live in the city now, but you know, as a as a young college student to my internship, I drove 30 miles in a car that had no air conditioning in the heat of summer that I borrowed from my mom, you know, I'm paying my own gas. And that is not odd for rural America to drive long distances to work. And it's always the working poor that gets smacked down by these crazy environmental green new deal, green energy uh, policies. And so the working poor are going to see their, their um, electrical costs, their heat rise under these policies as well as their gas prices. And where wealthier people, 20% increase in those things don't really matter to their budget. It does matter to the working poor. It matters very much. And so um, I don't, you might be surprised. This Maybe you didn't vote. Maybe you voted for Joe Biden. This is all brand new information to you. I would say to you, if you don't believe us, come to ConcernWomen.org. We have everything laid out, everything we've discussed. We have more information. Perhaps there's people in your Sunday school class or in your family that don't believe this is true, that there was, um, you know, a an executive order already on abortion and on transgender policy. It's true. We can prove it. We have the list. So I would say we need every single one of us. So we're talking about unity. We need to unify as the church and protect the rights of the unborn, protect the weak, protect people who are poor. This is how you do it. Let's link arms together. Come to ConcernWomen.org. Sign up for our uh, weekly email. We'll keep you uh, apprised of what's happening. Plus, we have all kinds of information there. That's all the time we have today. Thank you, Doreen, for being with us. We'll be talking about this sadly going forward. I know there's going to be a lot more to discuss, but thank you all so much for joining us today on Concerned Women Today. Thanks for listening. Concerned Women Today is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the nation's largest public policy women's organization. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org.